You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? It's BGN Radio, episode number 310. 210, excuse me, who cares? Jimmy Kemsky here from phillyvoice.com. Not the best intro that I've ever had here, but Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation uh, joins me as always after the Eagles' 17th and final media-attended open practice of 2021 training camp. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy we're here. It's the end of Eagles training camp, their last practice before their final preseason game. When they practice next, it's all about gearing up for week one. So we made it through training camp, kind of. I mean, we still have to do this podcast and give the people what they want. And before we do that, I'll tell you really quickly about Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15. But Jimmy, the Eagles had their second and final practice against the New York football Jets today in florham park new jersey we were there to see it what do you want to talk about first i think i'll start with just and this is sort of a on uh this is more sort of a you thing than a me thing uh, wow but the vibe of wow training camp which you like to talk about the vibe and Love vibes. uh the vibes and uh i gotta say i believe that after watching the Eagles join practices with the Patriots uh, last week and then with the Jets this week, I feel like the Eagles were, and you mentioned this during the last podcast, but I feel like the Eagles were significantly livelier, uh, more into practice than uh, each of the two teams they practice with, uh, you know, over these four joint practices, like totally into it. And, you know, uh, probably the biggest theme uh, of Nick Sirianni's young tenure here with the Eagles ever since he got hired really has been competition. And I think that he's probably got to feel pretty good about the way that the team has a competed and B just looked very lively and into practice uh, the way that we've, that we've seen them pretty much all throughout camp, but really, especially uh, in these last four uh, joint practices with the Patriots and Jets. And uh, I, I think it's a, it's a good sign uh, that sort of, you know, his number one objective uh, seems to be it seems to be being heard uh, by his by his players and uh, they're responding positively to it. And it's easier to have that energy when you're practicing better than the other team. Yeah, you're not getting yeah. your your butts kicked. And I think that's kind of something I was kind of referring to, but didn't probably spell it out as well as I could have or should have yesterday. Like when the Jets were getting dominated by the Eagles, it just seemed like they didn't even care to me. Like there just wasn't a lot of good energy from them um, or, or any energy from them, like positive right. or negative. It's just like kind of indifferent, just kind of lifeless over there. And by stark contrast, the Eagles have had a lot more energy, especially today. 
Uh, and a lot of the Eagles' work, we should note here, or mostly exclusively, kind of like how it was last week in their second practice against the Patriots, was in the red zone. So that's where they were working today. And my big takeaway from practice was I thought Jalen Hurts ended training camp on a high note. Yeah. I thought he finished strong, which is good to see. Um, I thought he didn't really make many big mistakes in the red zone today, and he had some really nice throws, including one where now I think this play was ruled a sack, and it probably should have been a sack where there's like a free rusher in his face, but he kept running anyway because the free rusher has to stop because they're not allowed to get close to the quarterback, but he still fired a ball into Quez Watkins, who was running, uh, crossing in the end zone uh, towards the right sideline. And I thought it was still a good throw oh, by yeah, Hurts to make too. on the yeah. move. Yeah. Like it was an accurate throw while he was running. Like that's I know the play didn't like necessarily count, but it was still like an impressive thing, an attribute to see. So that was good. He had a touchdown throw to Greg Ward, and then uh, two point conversion to Devontae Smith to end practice. And then he also had one earlier uh, to Zach Ertz in the back of the end zone. Where I thought what's significant about that play for me, Jimmy, was that we've seen or we saw Jalen Hurts kind of struggle with not seeing the linebackers always and not getting the ball mm. high enough on some of these throws. And on that play, he did a good job of making sure the ball was high enough to where Zach Ertz, who's presumably, not presumably, who is definitely a tall target to be able to get the ball. Now, again, tall being relative, I'm taller than Zach Ertz, but obviously tall by football player standards. So good day for Jalen Hurts to round out training camp. Yeah, I thought, uh, as you mentioned, he, he closed camp, really. he closed the, the day actually really strongly. At the end of the day, they had sort of a, uh, a game situation uh, type of drill where I, I think it was like 45 seconds on the clock or something like that. Uh, not unlike the bubble practice mm-hmm. that we had the other day where they were down eight. I guess the Eagles probably came up with the scenario uh, for joint practices here today where it's down eight, 45 seconds left, and they got to score and get the two-point conversion. And Hertz was excellent during that session. Uh, he had the pass to Quez that you mentioned that didn't count. Uh, the, the pass to uh, Greg Ward over the middle. Ward turned, actually got some yak. Greg wow. Ward making a play in the open field, made a guy miss and and uh, ran into the end zone. And uh, Devonte Smith, uh, I, I think you mentioned, uh, had the two point conversion mm-hmm. on on that series. So, I mean, I thought he spread the ball around well uh, during that series. He you know sort of looked to all areas of the field, and uh, I really he really put sort of an emphatic uh, exclamation point. On training camp, and I thought just his day in general was very good. Um, you know, we can nitpick some things like didn't like not getting the ball as quickly as we have throughout mm-hmm. camp. There was a little bit of that today, uh, but no big deal. I think the uh, the, the the good um, outweighed the bad. Um, and and again, like I said, I think this was one of his best practices, which is a good sign heading into the regular season. I don't know if we're going to see them play because they went hard today. Like yeah. they did a lot of they did like you mentioned a lot of goal line a lot of red zone, um, a lot of hurry up type scenarios. And it was physical. Like it was a very physical practice today. And, um, you know, they, uh, it was even almost kind of like, kind of like quasi tackle to the ground at some points. Like there, there were definitely got like ball carriers hitting the ground today, uh, which you don't see a lot of during, you know, just regular thud practices. So yeah, I think that um, they're going to look at what happened today as sort of the preseason game. And they're going to look at the preseason game as just another opportunity to, to have fans be uh, annoyed, <laughs> annoyed by having to watch Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins for four quarters. Uh, maybe Jalen Hurts and the starters play like a series or two, but I kind of feel like you might not even get that 
uh, on yeah. Friday. It, it felt a lot today. Like uh, this was pretty much the, the Eagles last real full on, um, you know, comp- like competitive against another team kind of uh, situation. And I would like to see him play at least a series or two still. But if not, I think they need to have some kind of intense practice when we're not there to see all of it. Like next week, obviously, before it just feels like a long layoff yeah. to go from this to then week one against the Falcons on what, September 15th or whatever it is. Uh, it's still a decent amount of way. So we've talked about that before. What, what is your next thing? Uh, I mean, Quez Watkins just continues to make play yep. after play <laughs> during camp. Um, you know, he had the, uh, the, the, the throw that from Hertz that you already mentioned, but he had another great play uh, during a red zone drill where it was a high pass in the back of the end zone. He went up and got it and it looked like, like I was standing right there and it looked like he was going to come down out of bounds so much so that like, mm-hmm. like Jets coaches were already yelling like out of bounds before he even landed. And they were complaining uh, about the the referee called him in, and he was definitely in. Like I could see his feet get yeah. down on the play. He was definitely in bounds. He made a really really nice catch there. And um, you know, I wonder if uh, after all this, you know, preseason slash um, you know training camp hype, he'll be one of these guys that kind of cools off when it matters. But you know, I kind of like his mentality. I think yeah. uh, he he kind of gets it and. Uh, he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to shrink like when the real games come around. I I think uh, he's going to carry this over. Like he's not going to be, you know, like a thousand yard receiver or anything like that. But uh, I I do think that he's going to have, I think he's going to be like a legitimate contributor uh, to the offense in 2021, which is uh, when, when you look at the difference between him uh, like expectations for him rather before training camp even began and what they are now, um, you know, he he's really kind of uh, he's been like the biggest obvious like stock up player, uh, unquestionably in my opinion, uh, throughout the, the the duration of this camp. Uh, Quez has done it all, Jimmy. He's like beat people with his deep speed. He's been able to beat people with catching the ball short and then taking it to the house. Yep. He's made contested catches. He's made catches along the sideline with his feet. Like he's doing it all. He's like, it's honestly kind of crazy, but it's like, he's been a complete receiver in training camp. He's really done everything you could, but he's lined up on the outside. He's lined up in the slot, like anything you want to see from him, any kind of test, like he's passed it. Uh, and that's really good to see. I am with you on his mentality after practice, as you noticed, I'm sure, in his press conference that we heard, uh, he was asked about like being promoted to the first team after starting out camp lower mm-hmm. on the depth chart, and his answer was, quote, I've still got to earn my way every day as an interview, end quote, which, you know, is a simple thing to say, but I think it's it does reflect where he's at and just kind of gauging his vibe, Jimmy. Uh, just it's it's a very humble vibe. It's not like wow, I'm having this great camp. Right. I made it. It's just like yeah, I'm having a good camp. That's cool. But uh, I still have a lot to prove in the NFL in terms of you know translating this from practice to the game. So yeah, definitely big st- stock up on Quez. Needs to play. Needs to get a lot of targets uh, because he's looking good. Things happen. Honestly, I I wrote that in my practice notes today on BleedingGreenNation.com. It's as simple as that. Like good things happen when you throw Quez Watkins the football. It'd be interesting to see like how uh, those receivers. Because they all have speed in Quez, uh, Jalen Rager, and Devontae Smith, how it affects uh, opposing defenses. Well, they're gonna—I mean, they're gonna have to hit on some plays down the field. I think before people will really start to, before defense will really start to respect it. But if they can uh, hit on some big plays down the field, it's just gonna open up so many things in the run game because you won't be able to have safeties creep up into the box. 
Um, you're already kind of looking at like a lot of uh, zone defenses from opposing, you know, defenses this season because they're going to keep an eye on Jalen Hurts potentially running. If you're playing man to man, it's a lot easier for a quarterback to take off and run. So, um, I mean, the, the opportunities for, you know, big plays down the field are going to be there. So, uh, I mean, it's an interesting offensive configuration because in theory, they should be able to run the ball with uh, a very good, um, you know, run blocking offensive line. Uh, you know, one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL, really strong runner, in my opinion. Like I think Miles Sanders has looked really good throughout camp. Um, and then these three fast receivers that'll keep defenders off. Uh, honest. I think like the configuration of this offense is something that can maybe work. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily build uh, an offense around sort of the running game in, in the modern NFL, but uh, if they can make that work, then, um, you know, maybe they can win more games than, you know, sort of, I think, or I thought they, they were going to like, I had, I've had them at like six and 11 all along. And I'm wondering if that's a little too low. Wow. Like maybe I'm being swayed a little too much by these uh, four open practices. But uh, I, I I have like appreciated, you know, what I've seen out of them over, the, over, over those four practices. Um, One thing I'll say about the, I guess I have a couple points here. First point is that uh, I think we've seen enough from this offense to know that they are not going to be like a disaster. Yes. Like some kind of disaster offense that they have been pretty much in, in, in recent years, they'll be like, better think, than last year. I, I think so. <laughs> Low I mean, bar. Seen enough. <laughs> like I think there's, they're not going to be totally dysfunctional. I think they have a functional. Yeah, uh, I think we've seen enough to know they're going to be at least a functional offense. Now, you know where they go from there. Obviously, depends on how much you know Jalen Hurts kind of improves and looks in the real games and, and can kind of take them. But I, I think they have enough pieces here to be a functional offense. Uh, in terms of uh, their prediction, Jimmy. I, I think I'm going to stay with what I said when we did our original prediction. Um, again, like I have them like as eight and nine. Okay. I have them there. I think to, to kind of temper what I just said about the offense, bef- like like because I don't think they're one of the best offenses in the league. I think it's hard. I think one thing that people fairly don't have in perspective is like how good a lot of like really really good and like proven a lot of these other offenses in the NFL yeah, oh, are for sure, like when yeah. you stack the Eagles up to a lot of teams like in a vacuum the Eagles have some nice things and it seems good on paper but then again if you're looking at it comparatively I, just, I don't think they stack up to a lot of other teams and a lot of other teams are still significantly ahead of them so yeah I, I don't think you're looking at anything close to an elite offense but I think again they could be a function functional kind of maybe average is like slightly above average is offense which again is a big upgrade from what we've seen recently um so yeah that's didn't even mention the those. tight ends too by the way and uh that offensive uh sort of uh naming of players on the offense <laughs> do you think Zach Ertz still gets traded Jimmy I kind of do yeah um you know, I don't know if that'll happen. How dare you? 53 man. You're a jerk. <laughs> That's before. what I got when I did my latest 53 man roster projection. And I didn't have Ertz on there. Wait, say that again. I, I got like harsh feedback after I didn't hmm. have Ertz on my latest 53. Okay. A lot of people were mad in the BGN comments. All right. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be on the team for the entire season. So I don't know if that'll if, if he'll get traded uh, prior to 53 man roster, uh, roster cutdowns or if it'll be after that, but before the season, or if it'll be at, uh, you know, the trade deadline. But uh, mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, it just, I, I can't get it past, I can't get it past my, you know, the logic section of my brain that says, he's not worth $8.25 million this season for one, for one season of Hertz. 
and then he's gone next season, you know, next off season anyway, because he doesn't really want to be here. So I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We've talked enough about Zach Ertz though. What's, mm-hmm. what's your next thing? My next thing is that I thought Kenny Gainwell. Yes. Now again, Kenny. So I remember when the Eagles got Tim Jernigan and then he was asked what he prefers, Timmy or Tim. And then he said, <laughs> Tim, and then everyone just started calling him Tim as if people weren't calling him Timmy for like four years. And then all we got, that, we got that with Steven Nelson now too. Who wants to be Steve yeah, Nelson. But like, I think Kenny Gainwell was asked too. And he's still listed as Kenneth everywhere. And I feel like people call him that. So I call him Kenny. I uh, like Kenny, Kenny better. Well, yeah, Kenny G is, you know, an obvious fun nickname to use uh, <laughs> yeah. for him. And shout out to the real Kenny G, big fan of the sax master himself. Um, uh, I thought Kenny Gainwell had his best practice. Jimmy, I think there's a training type, training camp archetype where some guys start out slow and then they come on as training camp really yes. goes on. They, they start to st- And I think Kenny Gainwell has kind of been that because I thought he kind of had a slow start to camp. Mm-hmm. And then he looked good in the first preseason game. And I was like, all right, well, I'm seeing this in the game, but I'm not really seeing a whole lot in the practice. And, and to be fair here in the game, especially the first preseason game, he wasn't going up against the Sealer starters, I don't think. Um, but I thought he had his best practice of the summer. Spoiler alert, he's going to be my MVP pick for today because okay. I don't think he's been involved at all in our MVPs or LVPs. And I feel like he deserves a point. Uh, especially for how he looked today. He made a number of good catches and one-on-ones, including an over-the-shoulder catch. Uh, He looked also good as a runner, I thought, when the Eagles were doing some red zone work, which is important because I think I had seen some pass-catching promise out of him in practice, um, even when he wasn't looking great. But I I just didn't really see much there as a runner. And I I saw more today as a runner. And he had a play where he ran into the end zone and then took a bump from a Jets cornerback after the play. And he stuck up for himself and he kind of got in that guy's face a little bit after the play. Didn't, you know, like punch him or anything, but just, you know, got up in his face and was like, you know, what are you doing, dude? Uh, So that was good to see that little fire. And then that happened again a little bit later where there actually a scrum got started. And I think we decided that was Lamar Jackson. Yeah, 38. the Jets cornerback, not the the Ravens quarterback uh, getting up in his face. And uh, Gainwell then kind of uh, got revenge on him. Uh, was by it the next catching play a, or later in the series, it was a little bit later, I think, okay. in the series where he caught a ball near the left, the front left of the end zone, mm-hmm. and he made a diving effort to get over the pine line for the touchdown. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so good stuff from Kenny Gainwell. I still don't know how big of a role he's going to have as a rookie, at least from out of the gate, but he might have some kind of role. And I think he has the potential to increase his role as the season goes along if he makes the most of his touches. Yeah, I liked what I saw out of him today, too. And the thing about him as a runner is he's not the biggest guy, but he's not Danell Pumphrey-like in that if you breathe on him, he's not going to go down. So, like, he, he can... And he's, uh, he doesn't lose the ball in the lights, he, either. Yeah. <laughs> he can break tackles, and uh, he will catch the football. And if you... And like you said today, like, if... Uh, He's got he's got like a chippy demeanor to him, which we, I think mm-hmm. we saw today. Which uh, he's got some juice, which, which was uh, which which was fun to see. We haven't really seen any fights uh, throughout the entirety of camp today, but he had two like near fights today, and then Jack Driscoll got into it a little bit with uh, a fellow by the name of John Franklin Myers uh, during offensive, defensive, uh, O line, D line, one on one. So if anyone had Jack Driscoll as the most likely eagle to first get in a fight, uh, you were a better man than me. We both had Derek Barnett. Did we actually, did I discuss that with you or 
somebody else i forget jimmy it's been 17 practices i thought for sure if there was anyone that was going to get in a fight it would be Derek barnett but he was hurt uh during this these practices it was he hurt during the patriots practice too he got hurt like the first day i think so he only had one day with which he could have gotten in a fight so it wasn't him uh all right moving on my next thing would be uh well let's take a break here jimmy before we get to your next thing okay because uh, we need to. I need to tell the people about Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com. Why do I plug this thing so much? Well, they pay us. Friends. <laughs> huh? well, yeah, they pay us. But they're and also it's good, awesome. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> look, I love food a lot. I take food very seriously, too seriously. I'm going to talk about what I had for lunch at the end of this podcast. That's how, And I wrote a bit up in my practice notes. I care about. I ask people, including Jimmy, like I did yesterday, like where they went. And what they got and stuff. Because I'm, I'm curious to know that kind of... I love food. So take my word for it. You need Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. Because I love food. And you can get some by going to RightToSell.com. Using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. You can also contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Jimmy, by doing what? 856-906-9295. Or go to RoachRealtors.com. Buy a house, you freaking coward. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, what is your next thing that 
you were going to tell me. I'll keep it with the running backs. Uh, I thought Miles Sanders had a strong day. First of all, he caught the ball well, uh, which we've Mm -hmm. been knocking him all camp for not catching the ball or, you know, having drops here and there. Uh, But he caught he caught a lot of passes today and uh, I thought he caught the ball well. And uh, the other thing, too, is he's like I think he's a an underrated hard runner. Like there was one play where I don't even remember if it was a reception or just a run, but he was kind of in the open field, but it's also the red zone. And there were two defenders sort of in his way um, to get to the goal line. And he just ran right through them. Uh, it almost kind of seemed like the two Jets defenders hit each other, but he still kind of ran right through them. And that, that earned a big F yeah from oh, Jason yeah. Kelsey who was very excited about uh, Miles Sanders running through those guys uh, in, in route to uh, to a touchdown. So, um, you know, we've knocked Miles here and there about his um, struggles catching the football, uh, but today was good. On the downside on the, at the running back position, uh, Jordan Howard just does nothing for me. Like, nothing. <laughs> I, like, I don't see any, like, trait of his that's really all that. Like, I think people think of him as, you know, like a, a good short yardage back. I don't see it. And like when you look at his carries with uh, the Miami Dolphins in 2020, he got, uh, you know, a number of short yardage opportunities. It was terrible at them. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like he's obviously not a threat uh, as a receiver out of the backfield. Like you can check it down to him and stuff like that, but he's not going to be like running any kind of routes down the field or anything like that. Um, You know, he had that big blitz pickup uh, against the Steelers, which is fine and good. But ultimately, like, that's not enough to make the team. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, as far as speed goes, you know, he just doesn't possess it. So, yeah, I just, I don't get it. Like, he, it's kind of, it feels sort of clear, maybe, that he's going to make the roster because he's been getting a ton of reps with the first team. I wouldn't say a ton of reps, but uh, he's, he's gotten his share of first team reps. And he started uh, the game against the Steelers when they sat Miles Sanders. So it feels like they're going to keep him, and I kind of just don't get it. I just don't see what they see in him. I agree with you and Howard. He should not be on the team. If they want to bring him back after week one, I mean, I still don't love it, but, like, okay, he shouldn't be on the fifty, the original 53. It just doesn't make any sense to guarantee a salary for the season or, like, put someone else through waivers potentially just to keep Jordan Howard because, again, Jimmy, who is coming for Jordan Howard? Like, who who is going to rush to sign a guy – who was available to be signed to a roster from November last year after the Dolphins cut him yeah. and the Eagles brought him back, but he was on their practice squad. So if any team really wanted him, they still could have signed him from the Eagles practice squad and they didn't. And then the Eagles didn't re-sign him, I think, till like early April or something this year. Like he was on the free agent market for like half a month or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't get that. Uh, on the Sanders point, I believe the touchdown he scored there was on a screenplay, okay. uh, which is nice. He he did a nice job of weaving through traffic to find the end zone. And in general, from what I've seen out of the Eagles screen game in training camp, it's been more effective than at least we saw, sure saw it was was in the regular season last year. Last year. Which it was just a disaster. Um, On the screen game note, Jimmy, uh, I did see Jalen Hurts throw a shovel pass touchdown to Dallas (laughs) Goddard, which is very exciting. And honestly, it looked like what uh, Andy Reid does with yes. Travis Kelsey. Like I've seen that play before, that exact play where like the tight end's kind of like camping out, 
it's almost like a fullback. Like he's hiding out in the middle or he's coming in motion or whatever. He's like hiding out behind the offensive line and he gets that little flick and he just catches it and he just basically falls backwards or just t- pushes right he's into the He's a player for zone. that too because he, he he is so good after the catch. Yes. Like he, yes. he, he like makes sense in that sort of uh, Kelsey role. Yeah. 100%. Uh, the only bad thing I will say in the in the running topic uh, is that the Eagles, so the Eagles outclassed the Jets in many ways mm-hmm. in practice over these past two days. But one area where the Jets got the best <laughs> yes. of the Eagles today was when the Eagles were doing like some goal line run plays, and they couldn't get into the end zone. Like the Jets were stuffing them. They stuffed Miles Sanders on multiple uh, attempts. Boston Scott single handedly got taken down by Quinn and Williams, who is obviously you know a very good player, yeah. a very good prospect. But even like the backups, like Elijah Holyfield, who, you know, isn't an amazing player, not going to make the roster, might not even make the practice squad. But like at every level, like first team, second team, third team, like they couldn't get into the end zone when the Jets knew they were going to be running the football uh, at them. So that's the only bad thing. Isaac had a uh, rough stretch during that set of drills, in my opinion. He's the one that Mm. I think got blown up by uh, Quinn and Williams. Uh, Miles Sanders, by the way, during that drill, there's one play he didn't get in. But like he ran it like almost through three Jets defenders and then another two, you know, another guy or two came over. And at that point, they were finally able to push him backwards. But um, like that's your short yardage back. That's it's Miles Sanders. Like that you have one already. Like I don't think people think of Miles Sanders as uh, as a as a short yardage guy. But, you know, he's got like some he's got like some weight behind him. And, you know, he can plow through the line and and uh, and, and get those short yardage. Uh, he, he can get that short yardage. So I, I think that uh, you, you already have it in, in Miles Sanders. You don't need a second guy that can do that. I think you should really only keep three running backs. Like I was originally like mm-hmm. I had five at one point, but I think they'd be fine just keeping Miles Sanders, uh, Boston Scott, and um, uh, uh, Kenny, Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell. And then if there's somebody that they like uh, in waiver on waivers, like if there's a bigger back there on waivers, then yeah, fine, bring that guy in. And then I think you can uh, safely get Jason Huntley to the uh, practice squad as well. So uh, that's how I would do it. But again, I think they're probably just going to keep Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard had a had a rough stretch during that goal line session as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. So you dropped a pass. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> another reporter. Like a that... wide open touchdown pass. <laughs> Actually, it was funny. I think I think it was uh, Jeff. Uh, as the pass was coming in, as it hit his hands, Jeff almost kind of called it. He went clang yeah. like <laughs> as it hit his <laughs> hands and he dropped it it was uh it's kind of funny anyway what's your next thing uh Devontae smith jimmy my my favorite player uh i mean he i didn't see all of his routes in one-on-ones because i was watching as you were mm-hmm. from like the top portion of the jets outdoor patio section so i was on the other end of the field but from what i could see when i, I was able to see and then everything i just saw too to come out of it um, I know some fans had posted video of Devontae Smith in one-on-one. Shout out to at Philly Gill, who posted a clip. Uh, I have it embedded in my practice notes on bleedinggreennation.com. Uh, and then Jets beat writer Connor Hughes called Devontae, quote, a wildly impressive route runner, which is not a surprise to us. We've already seen some of that, but just, you know, for other people to be saying that and seeing it too, yeah. and then for it to manifest in practice, just thought that. Uh, Devontae hasn't dominated, you know, full team drills since coming back from injury the way I would have like loved to see, mm-hmm. but I think like he missed time. So I'm not like, I don't think it's necessarily like he has to do that right away. He's a rookie, first of all. And second, he's coming off injury. So it's maybe they're also kind of still managing his, uh, you know, his 
targets because they're not trying to get him like banged up and trying to get him through to the regular season and everything. Um, I still feel very good about Devante, but I had that uh, stock up on him per usual. And then Jalen Rager, I'll just mention quickly. Like, I just haven't, like, what has he done, Jimmy, since catching that one-handed, making that really nice one-handed catch last week? Like, what has he done in a team drill setting that has been, like, impressive? Has it been anything for you? I didn't see anything today in particular. Um, so, I mean, not much. I mean, we, we've kind of gone through about how, like, he's been good in, in one-on-ones but haven't seen enough out of him either in 11-on-11s or in the actual preseason games. Um, mm-hmm. If there's a guy that I think should play in this last game, it's him just to get him yeah. sort of get him, get him on track, like get, get a ball in his hands and then get him out. Cause we, again, like I, I agree, like we, we really just haven't seen it during team, during team drills. Which is relevant. <laughs> you know, one-on-ones <laughs> are nice, but you, you play football on 11 on 11. Last time I heard uh, anything else left for you, Jimmy. Yeah. So uh, sticking with the one-on-ones, I didn't watch those. Uh, so I missed those Devontae Smith routes, but uh, I was watching the O-line, D-line one-on-ones. And uh, not to beat a dead horse, <laughs> but holy crap. Uh, same guy that wrecked uh, Andre Dillard yesterday. Uh, guy's name again, Jeremiah Valoaga, I think is probably <laughs> how you pronounce it. Actually, you you looked up his credentials and yeah. said what they were on the on the podcast yesterday, where he's been with five teams or something like that since he twenty seventeen. He's played thirteen games in his last four seasons. Okay, I happen to and wait one more thing on him too. There isn't even a picture of him on the I Jets was website. Just gonna, like, ah, the you page? stole my point. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Got him. It's it funny because like I I went to the Jets uh, roster just so that I could get his name spelled correctly. <laughs> and I, I like laughed because he's one of like five yeah. or six players on their roster that they have a Jets logo for where his picture would, would normally be. So the, yeah, Jets come on. Even, the Jets don't even have a picture of this guy. And he's just wrecking, uh, you know, Andre Dillard in one-on-ones. Um, what I did like from the one-on-ones is, uh, Loraven Clark again. I thought that was strong, mm. uh, more so in the two on twos during O-line D-line drills where, um, the defensive linemen sort of, you know, run a stunt or whatever, uh, some kind of game, uh, against the two offensive linemen, or they can just straight rush to kind of catch them off guard that way too. But, uh, 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 Loraven Clark and I think it was, uh, Brett Toth was playing left guard. They did a nice job passing off. Uh, pass rushers to each other and Raven Clark looks good like I, I think he looks like a like a legitimate professional player uh, I'd be fine with rolling with him as my backup left tackle this season if I'm the Eagles I mean he should be the like Andre Dillard should not be on this team to me just like again beating a dead horse but he has done nothing to deserve to make this roster he hasn't he just has not done anything at all he should not be on this team um so that was your last note. I have one uh, more. I have one more note. Okay. Uh, then let's get to that before we get to our awards. I think it's fair because uh, I had, and you may have as well. I don't know if you did, but my my initial stock up, stock down uh, training camp, I had Jake Elliott as a stock down. And it's mm-hmm. only fair to note that since then, he was two for his first, oh, excuse me, he was four for his first six field goal attempts. Uh, almost sure. missed a third one during that session. Since then, he's 18 of 18 in practices. And he was also four for four in the game 
uh, in that he had uh, three field, it was three for three on field goals for, from 47, 47, and 50, and uh, a, a PAT. Uh, today it was six for six. I didn't see the distances on those, but it uh, doesn't matter. Point is, he's been 18 of 18 since that initial first shaky day. So we knocked him, stocked down. I think he's been a lot better. He's only missed two, he missed two field goals throughout camp. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Stock up now for Jake Elliott. Good job by him to recover and not let it spiral. Um, Jimmy, it's time for our MVPs, LVPs, and play of the day for one final time okay. since it's the Eagles' final training camp practice. Uh, we'll revisit some of this convo again, the, the total, the totality of these scores, I believe, on Saturday, maybe when we record next mm-hmm. and I put this all together. Um, but for now, we'll hand out one last round. And to me, I think I've already spoiled my picks, but for MVP, <laughs> I was thinking about Jalen Hurts, but like again, I don't feel right not giving it to Kenny Gainwell because he hasn't had one at all, and I thought he stood out in practice today. So I'm going to give it to Kenny G. Who are you going to give your point to? I was going to give it to Miles Sanders for kind of the same reason, but I'm going to go Nick Sirianni uh, for wow. his all-encompassing camp and the way that he's gotten legitimate um, competition and energy out of his players throughout you know the last four weeks or so. So I'm going to write that down here. And also, by the way, retroactively, I changed my Aaron Moorhead pick to Nick Sirianni because I felt like Nick Sirianni deserved one. And uh, that was like the day that all the receivers were okay. really good against the Patriots. And I couldn't like pick which one. I didn't like have one to, to, to pick from there because I thought they were all pretty good. So I gave that to Sirianni. So I, so that's another point for Sirianni. Good job for him. And I agree. It was I think <laughs> overall – like it was a successful training camp for the Eagles. They avoided major injuries mm-hmm. to anyone. They had no like, you know, huge season ending injuries to any players of consequences, which I think Sirianni deserves some credit for, for obviously running shorter practices. Mm-hmm. And now the Eagles, you know, front office is undoubtedly in, uh, involved in that. Yeah, they're process the driver well. on that. But, you know, he seemed, but, he was on board with it. So fine. But yeah. And uh, I think the way he's run camp, you know, obviously he hasn't run a super physical camp either, which has kept players healthy. We'll see how that manifests in the regular season in terms of tackling and everything. I'm not super concerned about that, but again, we'll see. So I think it's a fair pick by you. Uh, My LVP, Jimmy, is Andre Dillard. I mean, it has to be. Like, again, you're getting destroyed by a guy who doesn't even have a picture of himself (laughs) on the team's official roster page. It's just pretty bad. And... I can't say it enough. Like if Andre Dillard is on this 53 man roster, it's a joke. It's pathetic. Like they can't cut him again because of salary and everything, but trade him for literally anything. You can't tell me there's got to be somebody that'll offer like a, something like a conditional it, seventh. Yeah. Even a conditional seven, just because he was a first round pick. Someone will offer you that. Take it. It take it. It is worth it. It is worth that. That him being off the team, like getting the roster spot, clearing a little bit of his base salary. And what's the other reason? Um, I forget, but he just and, and getting the draft pick, <laughs> whatever. And he's bad. You just get, it's just done. It's done. Take the L. He's not rebounding. He turns 26 this year. I've said it a billion times. He's not some kind of ascending, developing player. It's not like this is an inconsistent player who's flashed but has these really bad moments. No, it's like it's pretty much just all bad. Like it's all bad. He's a bad player. He doesn't deserve to make the team. Don't keep on the roster. LVP Andre Dillard. <laughs> I'll go with Jordan Howard. Okay, for the, for the reasons I already mentioned. All right, what's your play of the day? My play of the day is, and I, I was waiting to talk about this until now. To me, it is without question Joe Flacco. Oh, had a good day today. Okay, uh, it was a nice. I, that was a nice play. That was a beauty of a ball up the seam yes. in that crunch time situation to Jack Stoll, who 
caught the Great touchdown over the shoulder, agreed in stride to give the Eagles a touchdown. And the, and the players loved two, it. They, de- between two defenders, too. Between two like, defenders. Tough catch because the, he knows they're there. He probably thinks he's about to get popped. He didn't. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that very difficult concentration catch. He's been good. I think he's got a chance to make the roster, Jack Stoll. I agree. Uh, and as I've talked about before, the precedent of Eagles players giving the most guaranteed money to their UDFAs, mm-hmm. those players do usually end up on the roster, whether it's week one or starting out in the practice squad and eventually getting elevated at some point. So, yeah, he, he definitely has a chance. And with Tyree Jackson obviously getting hurt, helped him a lot. So, yeah, I, I just thought that was a really good ball by Flacco. That was just like, oh, man, that was such a good throw. Like sometimes you just see a throw and you're like, wow, like that was that was a really, really good throw. And that was the case. And again, the Eagles players were really excited. Teammates came out to celebrate that play, and they were Half like, "Half the team came out, came off the sidelines and celebrated in the end zone after that play." They were like squirting him with a water bottle. <laughs> there was like a ton of stuff going on there. So, so that was that was good to see. Uh, I'm going to give it to Flacco. Who's your? That's a candidate? good pull by you. So I was going to go with the Watkins toe tap, but you convinced me. I'm switching mine to the Flacco to stole throw. There was a lot of juice on that Flacco yes. to stole throw. It was the so end I of think, practice. I think that was like their yeah. last. Um, uh, hurry up, Offensive. like you know, yeah. game situation scenario, uh, p- portion of practice for the Eagles offense, anyway. And uh, they ended it with, uh, you know, I mean, a really impressive throw and catch. Uh, I, that throw made me think about like Mark Sanchez because Mark Sanchez, for all his faults, like that guy could throw a beauty of a seam ball <laughs> up to a tight end, he could, like, that was like he one did, of the best yeah. things. That and his pump fakes were really good. <laughs> and it's just kind of funny to me that these Eagles backup quarterbacks who used to play for the Jets, funny enough are just for somehow really good at those passes up to the seat. Yeah. Um, so there you go. All right, Jimmy, any final thoughts before we end our final training camp recap podcast? I can't believe it's already here. The camp has, has as it always does, it just flies by. It feels like it, day one was just yesterday to me. It's going to feel like weird having this long gap between the mm. preseason game and, and then 16 days later, it's week one game. So uh, I don't know what we're going to do with ourselves <laughs> over the next uh, two plus weeks. But uh, yeah, uh, it was a fun camp. Um, didn't know what to expect coming into it. Didn't know what we were going to see at Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, John Hurts, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I thought early in camp, it wasn't looking so good, particularly offensively. And, um, you know, they they turned it on and uh, they they sort of, um, I mean, they, not sort of, they, they got substantially better uh, as camp progressed. And as you said, it's not going to be like a disastrous, terrible offense this year. Like I think they're going to be at least competent. And, um, you know, they, they've sort of sold me a little bit on, um, you know, their potential to, you know, to be decent in, in 2021. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've, I've been encouraged by Jalen Hurts, first and foremost, with uh, Nick Sirianni and uh, just the offense surrounding them. And like I always thought the defense had a chance to be okay, but um, I, I, f- I feel better about the team after camp has concluded than I did, certainly after like the first five or six practices, but even before camp even began, I, I feel a little better now about the team than I did previously. Uh, vibes matter, Jimmy, as I talk about a lot. And last year, the vibes weren't good because Carson Wentz was, having, having, was not having a good training camp. Zach Ertz wanted to get paid and then didn't, and then was like fighting with Howie Roseman before week one, apparently <laughs> yeah. in practice. Like there was Jason Peters was demanding a raise to play left right. tackle. Right. Yeah. Like there was like none a lot of, of stuff. Non- go- none of that nonsense going on this year. No, it's like it's a much. Now, obviously, they've stunk in the preseason game, yeah. so that hasn't been great, but you know. Nobody's really cared. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't. I, again, and I don't think that means everything. I think it means more than nothing, but I don't think it means everything. Uh, so I agree with you on the whole that the vibes are good. I am sticking with my eight and nine prediction, which was higher than I expected, mm-hmm. and, and I think you thought was high at the time. But I think there's somewhere around there. There's somewhere that kind of team. I'm pretty sure they're not going to be like a four win team. I don't think they're that bad unless you know they just really get hit hard by the injury bug yeah. or like training camp just turns out to be a total mirage and like they're just a totally different team when the real games start which isn't impossible because the real games are a lot different than practices uh so we'll see but yeah i think ultimately it's been a good camp for the eagles they got a, a lot of good work in um they were able to practice against two different teams they again stayed mostly healthy so positive vibes only here to end camp for for someone who is too negative in me uh but by the way jimmy uh, on this topic, we actually have a Apple Podcast review okay. that is related to this. A this comes from NTL09, who left a five star rating and review. Uh, longtime fan, first time review is their title, I believe. Uh, huge fan of BGN Radio for a long time. Uh, the question they have that we again we always answer a question. If you leave a question in your, your five star rating and review, legally obligated. Legally obligated. Quote. I've been wondering what minimum success does the team have to have to make Nick Sirianni's first year as a head coach a success, end quote. Uh, hmm. See, those questions are difficult. Like, and I've, I've gotten similar questions. Well, uh, that's why we are answering them. More like in regard to... people need yeah, us to know. So, like, I've gotten similar questions in regard to, like, what statistical metric is sort of the benchmark for Jalen Hurts this season. Yeah. And, like, with him, I don't think... Um, there is one. I think we'll just kind of know it when we see it. You know what I mean? And I think uh, I think this is a boring answer, but I think kind of the same thing mm-hmm. applies to Nick Sirianni. First of all, um, I think that one thing that, you know, Doug Peterson was great at. By the way, did you listen to that uh, uh, Ryan Paganetti podcast no. episode? Did you hear about it? No. He was the guy, of course, who was in Doug Peterson's ear. I know uh, who during he is. Games. Yeah. Well, I'm explaining to the to, to the listeners. Um you know, he would like during game scenarios where like he would give feedback on when to go for it on fourth down um, and like sort of just in-game strategy uh, would talk with Doug over certain scenarios. And, and it, it like, it was a big reason why they had so much success, particularly during the 2017 season when they were almost kind of like pioneers in terms of like how often they went for it on fourth down and, and a lot of their risky decision-making um, and that kind of stuff. So I think that's one of the great, great things that Doug Peterson did was his openness to like analytics and stuff like that. So I want to see if Nick Sirianni carries on with that uh, on the progress that they made on that front, or, or if he's going to be a little bit more um, hesitant uh, to, to, you know, take some risks and, and stuff like that. So, so that's one thing I'm looking for out of Nick Sirianni. And then uh, also I want to see how he manages, you know, time, Obviously, we we uh, we all remember that Andy uh, Andy Reid struggled with that at times, and and uh, play clock management, and uh, or just regular clock management, timeout management. I want to see how he does with that. I want to see how he is as a play caller. I want to see how he just sort of uh, manages the locker room as we go along. So there's a lot of different things that we can kind of look at and and evaluate Nick Sirianni on his first on his first year. But I don't think there's any one specific thing that we need to look at and say he needs to do this. Well, I don't think there's a certain record that he needs to get to uh, for, for us to call it a successful season. But I think we j- we'll just kind of know it when we see it uh, in terms of like, are, are his players buying in? Uh, does he get it? Is he like sharp? 
Like, is he making is he making like sound logical decisions? Is he not too um, uh, conservative on sort of the 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 tougher uh, calls that that are to be made during the game? That kind of stuff. Like, I just it, it's it's sort of an all encompassing kind of thing. But uh, I, like I said, I think we'll just kind of know it when we see it. You touched on a lot there, so I'm not going to make a long answer. But some of the key things to me would be like young players stepping up mm-hmm. uh, and getting better. I think that's that goes towards yeah, player, player development, development is too. Is a, is a big thing that they haven't gotten in, uh, in recent years, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's like offensive line aside, they really haven't developed many you know young players into good players. Now, I also think some of that is overstated, as I've talked about before. This is a quick aside, but like you know, everyone last year was like, "Well, it's the coaching staff; they're terrible." Like the players are actually good. Look at Russell Douglas; he's having a lot of success in Carolina. Okay, well, the Panthers didn't re-sign him, and the Raiders did sign him, and they just cut him. He just got picked up again by the Texans. But like, and then the same thing with Sidney Jones. Like, oh, Sidney Jones is amazing now. It's like not really when you look at his numbers; still not good. So, so I think some of that has been overstated, but. I don't think the entire issue is bunk. I think it is a real thing. So I want to see young players take a step forward. I want to see, uh, I think this, it's about, about like, what is the story of the season going to be? Like, what is the Mm. story of Nick Sirianni going to be? And I think the story you're looking at, if it's successful, realistically, is like, you know what? The team wasn't like totally loaded with a bunch of talent, but they kind of did as much as they can. They went about as far as they could go. I think that's kind of what you're realistically looking for there as a first successful season. Uh, I mean, obviously winning the Super Bowl would be pretty good, but I'm not going to hold Nick to that just yet. Um, So that's our question, Jimmy. We still have a bunch more. We'll get to those, I feel like, when we podcast in the future here, maybe again on Saturday or some point when we have some time to to bang those out. We'll get to them. Sorry if we haven't already. Uh, Jimmy, my last question for you is what did you have for lunch today? Uh, I stopped. I went right home after practice today. Well, I got in a car and went right back to my parents' house in Long John here again. Um, and I stopped for beer at Byrite Liquors uh, in Manahawken. And right next door is a place I've never been to before, Mr. J's, I think it was called. And mm. I got a pork roll and cheese. And I had it uh, cooked well done. And it was, it was freaking delicious, I got to wow. say. Like, it, it, like, you know, there's usually not a big disparity between the best pork roll and cheese sandwich that you can get and the worst. But uh, I feel like this was a very delicious pork roll and cheese. Maybe it was because I was very hungry. I like the New Jersey synergy going on here with the Eagles practicing in New Jersey and then you getting a pork roll. It's supposed very, to be Taylor very ham, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The trailer ham is just fake. And also, by the way, I was thinking about our debate our one-sided debate with Diana Rossini more and like the fact that she thinks Florham Park isn't North Jersey when <laughs> it's literally north of Manhattan like that just doesn't make any sense to me anyway uh because I was looking at a map recently and I was thinking that my last note Jimmy I want to give a shout out to my first job Jimmy uh I used to work at a place called Tasty Sub Shop okay and uh they have multiple locations one in Lawrenceville one in Franklin Park and one in Edison. Edison is the OG and Barack Obama actually stopped at their location. I think it was back in like 2000. I forget when it was. It might've been like 2011 or I can't remember or 10, but anyway, it was like a big deal at the time. And uh, yeah, so I I got my start there as the first job. BGN is the second job I've ever had. So I've been lucky. Um, That was my first job. Uh, I had to stop for a sub on my way home in Edison and uh, I got to see my old boss, Brian. So shout out to him and uh, Kyle as well, who I worked for. I did not get to see him. Uh, he runs the Lawrence Hill branch now. Uh, but they run a great business. And I definitely recommend 
if anyone's looking for hoagies. If you're ever going up to MetLife or coming back from MetLife, you can stop at one of those locations. You can get yourself a good sub. Now, I do hate that they call it subs because it's a hoagie to me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, they're really good, so I respect it. My order today and my favorite order is a number four, which is pepperoni with American cheese, lettuce, a little bit of oil, salt, black pepper, oregano, mayonnaise, and then hot cherry peppers. So uh, it's it's great. You can go check out tastysubshop.com for their menu and everything. Uh, definitely recommend. Really good. Just want to give a shout out to where I came from. All right. All right, Jimmy. This has been the final BGN Radio training camp podcast recap, whatever. Uh, it's been a fun ride, Jimmy. I want to thank you for being with me here every day. We grinded it's through this. 17 we episodes. Made it through. 17 practices, 17 episodes. It's a lot. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners for riding with us. They've been awesome. We appreciate the support. Uh, because of you guys, I get to do this for a career. And same thing for Jimmy. So that I am indebted to you guys. This is my ninth training camp covering the Eagles for Jimmy. It's been what, like 10 or 11? Uh, full uh, time since 2013. But I've been covering them at like sort of at least, you know, uh, well, part-time since 2010 the kevin cobb okay. michael vick season so if you're going full-time it's also nine for you and it'll be our 10th camp next year like i can't even mm-hmm. that, that's wild to me i can't even believe that so honestly feel very blessed and fortunate uh thank you all for supporting it means a lot to me that's aren't just empty words like i really mean that it's, it means a lot a lot a lot so but look hey this isn't the show is not done I mean, the season is just beginning, so we'll have plenty more coverage for you here on Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed and BleedingGreenNation.com, and then obviously Jimmy's work at PhillyVoice.com, so make sure you're constantly checking all that out. We also have some BGN radio news coming down the pipeline that I'll tease here, not officially announced yet, but it'll be announced in the coming days or week or so. It'll be it'll be out soon, so keep an eye keep an eye out for that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowden, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky, Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding green bgn radio on twitter at bgn underscore radio rate review subscribe all that good stuff check out right felon craft jerky at right bgn 15 for 15 percent off i'll also wildnaturepet.com for 15 percent off dog treats use discount code bgn 15 same promo code if you're buying or selling a house or renting you want to go to roachrealtors.com or call 856-906-9295 9295. so you'll do all that and life will be great And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.